Welcome back to the Homestyle MMA Podcast. This is Sean Van Buren here for Episode 6. We will be previewing UFC Fight Night Blades vs. Aspinall, and man, this one is going to be awesome. Please go follow at the Homestyle MMA Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and at Homestyle MMA Pod on Twitter. The podcast website is hosted on Podbean at thehomestylemmapodcast.podbean.com for additional information and all of the available listing locations for the podcast. We are previewing the UFC Fight Night Blades vs. Aspinall fight card in today's episode. The heavyweight division is getting really crowded at the top, but it's getting crowded with some very serious talent. We just have the injury with Francis Naganu that we are waiting on. John Jones is going to be entering into the heavyweight division soon and likely getting a shot at the title fairly quickly. So there's a lot going on in the heavyweight division, and I'm glad that Dana White has at least kept it moving by continuing to push forward some of these elite title contenders. This is an outstanding main event, as a win for either fighter should put them into discussion for a title fight in their next bout. There's some big names on this card, big fight implications. It's also all going down at the O2 Arena in London, which should be a fanatic environment for these fights to unfold as they have tremendous MMA fans. The prelims start at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern with the main card following at 3 p.m. Eastern on July 23rd, 2022. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into the prelims. Look out for the dogs on the prelim fights on Saturday. The prelims kick off with Claudio Silva versus Nicholas Dalby. Nicholas Dalby has a three and a half inch reach advantage, and these fighters are about the same height. Silva is on a two-fight losing streak, and Nicholas Dalby lost his last bout against Tim Means by unanimous decision. Claudio Silva will shoot a lot of takedowns to try to get this fight in a position where he can use his jiu-jitsu. Silva has to win to stay in the UFC, I think, and I am taking Silva as an underdog to hopefully cash some plus money to start the night. I think that he will need to get a submission to get the win, but we will go money line, sprinkle a little bit on the submission win if you so choose. We follow that prelim fight with Mandy Bohm versus Victoria Leonardo. Mandy's two inches taller and has a large seven-inch reach advantage against Victoria Leonardo. If Mandy can keep her distance, she should be able to pick apart Victoria Leonardo in this one. Mandy lost her UFC debut against Ariane Lipsky via decision in September 2021. Victoria is on a two-fight losing streak, both by TKO. Victoria is 1-2 and two in the UFC if you count her Dana White Contender Series win. I think Mandy Bohm gets her first UFC win by using her length to get the decision. Her opponent has lost her last two fights by knockout. That 7-inch reach advantage is really going to come into play here. Jai Herbert versus Kyle Nelson. Another large size discrepancy in this fight as Jai Herbert is two inches taller and has a six inch reach advantage. Back to back fights where one fighter by size has a significant advantage on the feet. Both of these guys are going to want to stand and kickbox, so again, that plays even further into Jai Herbert's advantage. The length will be a big factor in this fight. Kyle Nelson can go for some takedowns. He has some skill with takedowns, but you have to consider that he has to cover all of that extra distance to get there. Both Jai Herbert and Kyle Nelson are 1-3 with each loss by finish in the UFC. So they have struggled in the UFC. I think that whoever loses this fight might find themselves 
on the outside of the UFC, so they will be fighting aggressively and with desperation if they fall behind early. I think Jai Herbert gets the win by knockout using that length to his advantage, but the best bet I think is likely for the fight to not go the distance as 26 of their 32 combined pro fights have not gone to the scorecards. Mohamed Makayev versus Charles Johnson. There's no significant size advantage in this fight. Makayev caught a very quick guillotine in under a minute in his UFC debut last time out. Charles Johnson, a former LFA champion, is making his UFC debut on this card. The LFA has put out a lot of very strong UFC fighters over the years, but he is a big underdog against the undefeated Mokhaev. But I think that he faced pretty strong competition, maybe even better competition, prior to joining the UFC than Mokhaev has faced so far. I'm going with another big underdog with Charles Johnson to get the win. I just don't see any value bets with Mikhaev as such a large favorite, and I think it's worth the shot taking Charles Johnson here as a pretty significant underdog, but a former LFA champion. I think Mikhaev is getting that line because he locked in a very fast guillotine within a minute into his UFC debut last time out, and I think that fans have that in the back of their minds and they think he can just go out there and do it again. I'm not sure that that will be the case. Next up, we have Makwan Amir Khani versus Jonathan Pierce. Size shouldn't be a major factor in this one. Jonathan Pierce is on a three-fight win streak here, and Amir Khani is one and three in his last four, and he's coming off of that win. So he just ended a three-fight losing streak his last time out. This is going to be a grappling match, plain and simple. Both of these fighters like to hit the mats, but for different purposes for different styles. Makwan Amerikani likes to play jujitsu. He likes to get you to the ground, go for the chokes, go for the submissions, while Jonathan Pierce likes to take you to the ground and land ground and pound. He likes to hammer you while he's got you on the mats. I think whoever ends up on the bottom could be in the most trouble just because they're both trying to get you to the ground. I think Amir Khani with the jujitsu background will be a little bit more comfortable on his back, but if he's getting ground and pound, just rains down on him from Jonathan Pierce. He might not like it so much. So this should be a very interesting grappling match. Very interesting jujitsu on the ground. I think if Amir Khani wins, I think he will get the submission. I think if Pierce wins, he gets the ground and pound knockout. Either way, I don't see this one getting to the judges' scorecard. I'm taking Jonathan Pierce in this one, but go ahead and take a look at odds for the fight to not go the distance. If you can find that better, I would probably lean that way. Our next UFC prelim fight is Nathaniel Wood versus Charles Rosa. Charles Rosa has a 3-inch height advantage. Nathaniel Wood is coming up to featherweight for this fight, and I think Charles Rosa is going to be too big for him to handle. Wood was 1-2 and two in his last three fights at Bantamweight. Charles Rosa is 1-3 in his last UFC fights, primarily because he really struggles with wrestling. I think he may fare a little better at stopping takedowns, since I think he will be the bigger man in this fight, with Nathaniel Wood moving up a weight class for this fight. And Nathaniel Wood doesn't shoot a lot of takedowns, as he does average about 1.29 takedowns per fight. So he will shoot a couple, but I think Charles Rosa being the true featherweight and Nathaniel Wood coming up from Bantamweight into featherweight, Charles Rosa might be a little bit heavier on the actual UFC fight night. This line really makes no sense to me, as I don't think Nathaniel Wood should be this heavy of a favorite against pretty much anyone in my opinion. Rosa needs a win in order to stay in the UFC, and I think he's going to be able to get it done today as another 
pretty big underdog on the prelims. At this point, I'm getting a little bit worried with all these underdogs that I'm taking. I told you guys before, I usually don't take a crazy amount of underdogs, but here I am doing it again. But I do feel like these dogs have a lot of value on them, and I think that they can really win their fights. These lines are just too wide, in my opinion, which is putting too much value on the underdogs in these fights. We have a great fighter with Mark Diakis, who is fighting Damir Hadzovic. Very tough last names for these two gentlemen, but Mark does have a 3-inch reach advantage and a 1-inch height advantage. He was a takedown machine in his last fight as he went 11 for 18 with just over 12 minutes of control time. He recently suffered a close loss against Rafael Fazayev in 2020. We just saw how good Rafael Fazayev is. So Diakis can hang with elite strikers on the feet, and last time out he showed he can wrestle you as much as he wants. Demir Hadzovic won one of his last three fights and struggled defending some takedowns. That is going to be the key here, as I think Mark continues his wrestling domination in this one. Demir Hadzovic likes to keep it on the feet and likes to strike. I actually think Mark Diakis can hang on the feet as well, based off of that close loss against Rafael Fazayev. I think Diakis will get multiple takedowns again in this one. I think he will win on the feet, win on the ground, and get himself another dominant victory. If you find it at better odds, I would take him to win by decision, as he has not had a finish victory in several years in the UFC, but I do think he will get a dominant win here if it goes to the scorecard, expect a 30 to 27 or better. The final prelim fight was added late to this card, but it is Mason Jones versus Ludovic Klein. Mason Jones has the 3-inch height and 1.5-inch reach advantages. The former Cage Warriors champion Mason Jones is coming off of a decision win against David Onama, who we just saw have a dominant submission victory on the RDA versus Fizayev card from just a few weeks ago. In that fight, Mason Jones was 8 for 14 on takedowns with over 9 minutes of control time. That is how Mason Jones likes to fight. He is a wrestling dominant fighter who uses takedowns and positions to land ground and pound strikes. He does go for the occasional submission as well. Ludovic Klein is 2-2 two two in the UFC and he is coming off of a split decision win back in March. Klein is a pretty balanced fighter, but I don't think that he excels in any one specific area. That may play into his advantage in this one on the feet, but I think Mason Jones will be the more dominant fighter in the wrestling and on the mats. I think Mason Jones will get at least five takedowns in this fight and grind his way to a decision victory against Ludovic Klein. With that, let's go ahead and take a look at the UFC Fight Night Blades vs. Aspinall main card. Just keep on coming as we have Paul Craig versus Volkan Uzdemir to start off our main card. Simply an outstanding fight to start off this UFC fight night. They are similar in size. We have the number 8 ranked light heavyweight Paul Craig who has not lost in his last UFC fights. All 16 of his wins are by finish, with 13 of them by submission. The guy is a finishing machine. If he wins the fight, it does not go to the judges. You do not want to go to the mat with Paul Craig. The guy is an expert Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter, and he submitted Nikita Krylov in the first round by triangle choke earlier this year after being crushed and striking 11 to 30 strikes in that one round. He took the fight to where he needed it to go to get the win, and he got the finish against Nikita Krylov. 
Number 9 light heavyweight Vulcan Uzdemir is on a two-fight skid and needs to get a win to get back on track. Obviously, once you start to get into that three-fight losing streak, you start to get a little bit nervous in the UFC. With 12 of his 17 wins coming by knockout, Vulcan Uzdemir wants to keep this fight on the feet. So interesting stylistic matchup. Paul wants it on the ground, Vulcan wants it on the feet. Craig is 3-3 three and three by knockout, and Uzdemir is 1-2 and two by submission. So if Vulcan Uzdemir keeps the fight on the feet, he's got a good chance of really taking it to Paul Craig. If Paul Craig gets it to the ground, Uzdemir is 1-2 by submission, he's got a good chance of finishing Uzdemir on the ground. Both fighters know where they need the fight to be in order to get the win. Vulcan Uzdemir can get taken down and controlled, as he has been in his last few fights, and that's why I think that Paul Craig can end the night once he gets you to the ground and get the win in this fight. I do think your best bet will be for the fight to not go the distance, as if either fighter dominates where they want the fight to be, they will likely finish their opponent. Next up is one of the fan favorites, Meatball Molly McCann versus Hannah Goldie. These women are similar height and reach, but I think Molly will have the size advantage on fight night. Molly usually has a height and reach disadvantage in her fights, so I think fighting someone of similar build will favor her tremendously. She's used to having to fight someone usually longer than her, and she has to find a way to get the fighting close, make the distance smaller, maybe take a few hits to work her way inside before she can start to unload herself. Fighting someone that's a similar size is not common for Molly McCann, but it should make the fight easier for her. Meatball Molly is on a two-fight win streak after a potential knockout of the year, spinning elbow knockout in her last bout. Meatball Molly loves to box. She is great with her hands on the feet. She will need to keep her guard up because Hannah Goldie went for six takedowns in each of her last two fights. Hannah's going to know that she needs to get this to the ground, so she is going to be shooting takedowns just as she has done in her last two fights, and Molly McCann needs to be able to stuff them if she wants to have success in this fight. Hannah has never been finished as a pro, but she also usually goes to a decision when she wins. Betting this fight to go the distance I think could be a good bet, but I do think that Meatball Molly is going to get the win here. Expect her fans in the crowd to go nuts when she walks out and to cheer her on very loudly throughout this fight, which is taking place in London as she is a fan favorite. Our next main card fight finds the return of Alexander Gustafsson to the light heavyweight division. Nikita Krylov versus Alexander Gustafsson. Alexander has a 2-inch height and 1.5-inch reach advantages over the number 11 light heavyweight ranked Nikita Krylov. After trying his hand in the heavyweight division, Gustafsson returns to the light heavyweights. He is on a three-fight losing streak and has not fought since July of 2020. He put on some weight when he tried out heavyweight. That will hopefully keep him on his feet in the light heavyweight division as he does struggle on the ground just a little bit. He is an excellent striker, but it's not good news when you're going up against Krylov. Nikita Krylov has 15 submission wins and 10 knockout wins in his 26 total pro wins. So out of 26 fights that were he won, 
He finished 25 of them. Nikita Krylov has lost two in a row, in large part due to being out-wrestled himself. So interestingly, both fighters might want to stand and bang. Neither one might want to go to the ground, since they have both struggled as of late in that area. I do think Nikita Krylov has the wrestling advantage, though, and if Gustavsson has not improved on the ground, then this could be a bad night for him. I'm hoping that the additional size and time off has allowed him to improve his ground game and take down defense. As a once great light heavyweight title contender, I have to ride with our underdog here, Alexander Gustafson, in his return to light heavyweight. He's just a guy that fans, I think, would like to see get a win, as he was once, a few years ago, an outstanding light heavyweight contender. Next fight is probably going to be one of the loudest fights besides the main event that we will see on this UFC fight night. We have Paddy the Batty Pimblet versus Jordan Levitt. I am a big Paddy the Batty Pimblet fan, but that is why these odds are too wide. There are a lot of us out there, and Jordan Levitt is not getting the respect that he deserves. He is a very good fighter. It should be a much closer fight against Jordan Levitt. The odds should be much closer than they are, so we are going to be paying for Paddy Pimblet, who we are taking to win this fight. Paddy has a 1-inch height advantage and 2-inch advantage in reach. He's a very well-rounded fighter. He can fight on the ground and standing up. A lot of UFC fans don't quite know how good Paddy is on the ground. When he did fight in Cage Warriors, he was an excellent ground fighter as well. The crowd will be cheering him on very loudly during his walkout and during the fight. He will feed off of that crowd in London. Paddy has 6 wins by knockout and 8 by submission. The once-dominant Cage Warriors product is now 2-0 in the UFC, and he's looking to continue building his momentum. Jordan Levitt is also outstanding on the ground and on his feet. He's on a two-fight win streak right now as well. Like I said, not getting the respect he deserves from the odds creators. He loves to throw leg kicks. I think Patty will be able to get the win here as long as he is prepared to check those kicks. Jordan Levitt will kick your legs until you cannot stand anymore. If Paddy the Batty does not check those kicks right from the start of this fight, he's going to be in for a long night. Even with that kicking by Jordan Levitt, I think Paddy has the advantage on the feet. He is an excellent boxer. He can throw good kicks back as well. Paddy gets the win here with his striking. If you see an offer of over one and a half rounds, I actually think that that could be a decent bet to go because I do think that these fighters are very balanced against each other. We will be taking Paddy the Batty Pimblet to win this fight. Next up is a fight that recently changed, and it's one that is going to be a downer for the hometown London crowd. It's Jack Hermanson versus Chris Curtis. This is an excellent fight. The reason I say it'll be a downer for the home team crowd is because Chris Curtis is stepping in on just under two weeks' notice because Darren Till got injured in training. Darren Till is someone who UFC fans have not seen fight in quite some time. We were really looking forward to his return to see what improvements he has made to his game. Putting him on the card in London was really going to give this card a big boost. I believe that Darren Till is actually going to be in the corner of Chris Curtis, so the local fight fans will still be happy to see Darren Till there and part of the card, even if it is in a much smaller capacity. The number 8 ranked middleweight Jack Hermanson has a 3 inch height advantage and 1.5 inch reach advantage. Jack is 2 and 3 in his last 5 fights and he recently lost a 5 round main event split decision to Sean Strickland earlier this year. Hermanson did a surprisingly good job striking with specialist Sean Strickland in that fight. 
Jack Hermanson puts up great striking totals at the end of his fights, but he loves to work on the ground the most. He can go for heel hooks, knee bars. He loves to go for those submissions. He can get submission victories or land excellent ground and pound once he gets you to the mats. I think Jack Hermanson is fighting to put himself back up into the mix in the middleweight division. He seems to kind of be just on the edge of the outside looking in of those elite middleweights. And I think he is prepared to battle hard with a fast pace now that he is back in a three-round fight. Chris Curtis, on the other hand, is an exciting striker with previous experience in the PFL. He's on an eight-fight win streak with three wins in a row in the UFC. Chris Curtis holds excellent knockout power with 15 knockout victories in his 29 wins. In his last fight against Rodolfo Vieira, he defended a staggering 20 takedowns and never hit the mat. He's defended all 26 takedowns that he has seen in his three UFC fights, and that spells bad news for Jack Hermanson. This is a great fill-in matchup, and Chris Curtis is surprisingly the favorite. He opened as the underdog, and that line moved very fast. I thought it was a surprise because he is taking the fight on short notice that he is now the favorite. Jack Hermanson has not fared well against elite strikers lately, with those three losses in his last five fights that I mentioned coming against Sean Strickland, Marvin Vittori, and Jared Cannonier. Now, in Jack's defense... Those are three very elite names I just mentioned, and I think he's trying to get himself back up into that tier of fighters. If Jack Hermanson cannot get takedowns, I think he will lose to Chris Curtis, and that's very hard to do. It's very hard to take down Chris Curtis. I am taking a risk here. I am going with Jack Hermanson to win, as he is now an underdog, and I see some value on him as a guy who is not taking the fight on short notice. I think if this had been a full camp for Chris Curtis versus Jack Hermanson, I'd probably be leaning towards Chris Curtis. But I think it's also hard to prepare for Jack Hermanson with finding someone who's as good as he is on the ground to train with in that short amount of time. I think Hermanson is in a position where he's trying to get into the top five of the division, and a loss could knock him down pretty far because Chris Curtis is not ranked. I could knock him down to 14-15 or even out of the top 15. Jack will be fighting hard and desperately for takedowns. A win for Chris Curtis, on the other hand, I think gets himself ranked into the top 15. We're riding with Jack Hermanson in what could be a coin toss type of fight in the sense that if Jack can't force his game plan, implement his game plan onto Chris Curtis, I think Chris Curtis stomps him. But if Jack is able to implement his game plan, we really don't know what Chris can do once he's taken down on the ground. And I think that Jack might be able to get the finish. That takes us to our main event of an absolutely stacked fight card. Let's dive into it. main event fight presents us with two of the most dominant fighters and exciting fighters in the heavyweight division right now. Number four ranked Curtis Blades takes on number six ranked Tom Aspinall who will have some home crowd behind him. Curtis Blades was not afraid to go across the pond and take on Tom Aspinall in his backyard. The crowd will be heavily behind Tom Aspinall in London in the O2 arena for this one. Blades is on a two-fight win streak after getting knocked out by Derek Lewis back in February of 2021. Blades does not hide his game plan from anybody. Everyone in the heavyweight division knows what he wants to do, yet not many of them have been able to stop or slow him down. He wants to wrestle, he wants to control you, and he wants to smash you on the ground with ground and pound. 
If Tom wants to win, he has to avoid being taken down against the best wrestler in the heavyweight division right now. The good thing for Aspinall is that he's incredibly well-rounded. He's showed that he can wrestle. He's shown that he can stand on the feet and fight. He loves boxing. He can throw up submissions when needed. I think that's going to be huge because I think he needs to stop the Curtis Blades takedowns as much as possible. But if he does hit the mat, I think he can try for a few submissions and maybe get one or two and put Curtis Blades in some serious trouble, but if he doesn't get him, I think he needs to work on popping up right away because Curtis Blades, at that point, is just going to focus on controlling him on the mat for the rest of the round. Tom Aspinall did a great job striking with the longer Alexander Volkov before finishing him by armbar. He's stuffed takedowns of Spivak before finishing him with an elbow, and he outstruck Andre Orlovsky before getting a rear naked choke to win before that. So he can win with a wide variety of game plans. Tom Aspinall is undefeated in the UFC at 5-0, but this is by far his best test yet. Cardio could be a huge factor here as well because we know that Curtis Blades has no problem wrestling someone for five full rounds. He won a unanimous decision against Alexander Volkov back in 2020 with 14 takedowns across the five-round main event. That is a ton of takedowns for guys that are fighting that heavy. They typically will get gassed out carrying around all that muscle. Tom Aspinall needs to be ready to go for a full five-round fight just in case because he typically ends his fights early in the first round. Now, that's obviously a good tendency to have. That means he's getting to finish very fast. I'm sure he would love to do that against Curtis Blades. The flip side of that is we have not seen him tested in the UFC in a five-round fight. We've never seen him tested against someone who wants to wrestle you as much as Curtis Blades either. Getting them both at one time presents a very tough challenge to Tom Aspinall. I think that Tom does a good job keeping the feet in this fight. I think he lands good strikes on Blades and even makes Blades a little tired by making him work exceptionally hard for takedowns. I think Tom Aspinall gets the win by finish. If you like Aspinall, I think you should have to go for the win by finish, either TKO or sub. I'd probably just go for by both because I think a full five round fight is going to benefit the wrestler Curtis Blades because we know he can do it and he's done it before. That wraps up our main event. Let's dive into our bets and the homestyle perfect plate parlay. We're going to take a look at the prelim fights first for our UFC Fight Night Blades versus Aspinall. I had to grab these lines a while ago, a lot earlier than I typically do, because I was over the weekend, I was in a state that did not have legal gambling. I'm not the type of person who's going to tell you to go out and make these bets and not ride with my listeners and fans. So I had to get these lines early. I hope they haven't moved too much. I hope everybody makes weight and... Hopefully, we're able to ride with all these bets and have ourselves a great Saturday. First fight will go fairly quickly here. Claudio Silva versus Nicholas Dalby. We took Silva plus 225. Mandy Bohm versus Victoria Leonardo. We went with Mandy minus 160. Jai Herbert versus Kyle Nelson. We went with Jai Herbert minus 275. Muhammad Mikhaev versus Charles Johnson. We had Charles Johnson at plus 355 as a very big underdog. Makwan Armirkani versus Jonathan Pierce. We grabbed Jonathan Pierce at minus 225, followed by another big underdog. Nathaniel Wood versus Charles Rosa. We went Charles Rosa plus 333. 
Mark Diakise versus Damir Hadzovic. We went with Mark minus 300. The final prelim fight is Mason Jones versus Ludovic Klein. We're going with Mason Jones. That would be my bet. This fight was added late, and I'm currently not in a state that allows for legal sports gambling. So if you can, I would go Mason Jones, and I would go by decision if you need that juiced a little bit. Now, I mentioned in the earlier analysis, maybe take one of these people by finish. One of these guys fights not to go the distance, etc. I had to grab these lines early and didn't have access to all of those bets. So we're running fully money line bets on this weekend. Let's now go ahead and take a look at the main card. Main card starts off with Paul Craig versus Vulcan Uzdemir. We're going Paul Craig plus 120. Molly McCann versus Hannah Goldie. Moving with Meatball. Molly McCann minus 335 as one of the heavier favorites that we're taking on the night. Nikita Krylov versus Alexander Gustafson. We are going with Gustafson plus 160. Again, surprised to see a once dominant light heavyweight at plus money. I think that's a good bet to pick up. Next is Paddy the Batty Pimblet versus Jordan Levitt. I told you guys in the analysis, this line's too wide. We are paying for Paddy Pimblet at minus 250 because of his very large fan base. I know that. You know that. We're still riding with Paddy the Batty to get the win. Jack Hermanson versus Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis moved from the underdog to the favorite very quickly, even while taking this fight on short notice. I think that there is value with Jack Hermanson, who's had the full camp, and we're going Jack Hermanson plus 111. Our main event bet, we are going Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall. We are going with Tom Aspinall, minus 125. I think he might get a third round finish. I think they're going to battle it out for the first two rounds. Maybe even it starts off a little slow on round one while they feel each other out. And that is what we have for our bets this weekend. The Homestyle Perfect Plate Parlay. We're not putting together a crazy plus 300 parlay this week. I want us to grab a win. So we're going with Mandy Bohm, Mark Diakisi, and Molly McCann at plus 182. Let's go ahead and get a win and start to build up that Homestyle Perfect Plate Parlay. As always, everybody, please bet responsibly and within your means. If you have a gambling problem, please call your state's hotline. I'll be posting my verdict scorecard prior to the event on social media for the podcast. Please go follow at the Homestyle MMA Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and at Homestyle MMA Pod on Twitter. Check out the Homestyle MMA Podcast.podbean.com for additional information about the podcast and where to listen. I'll continue to grow content on social media as we get further into this podcasting journey. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, like, comment, and review. Till next time, this was Sean Van Buren on the Homestyle MMA Podcast. Have a good one.